Hey there, and welcome back to the Will and Rob Show. It is wonderful to be back. Um, we're, be, we're going to be doing something a little bit different today that we're very excited about. Uh, we're going to be diving into the mailbag and, and responding to some questions that we got from a listener and a friend about uh, one of our previous episodes, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. But before we dive into that, uh, Will, a lot of things going on uh, in the world around us, uh, a lot of new events, new current events. But as always, what's going on with you? Well, as you ask that question, the first thing that comes to mind is the video that you just sent me. And a couple hours ago, I received a push notification from uh, Apple News and the Wall Street Journal that there was an explosion in Beirut. And I had no idea exactly what that was. You hear about stuff happening like that in the region fairly often. And so I didn't think about it until you showed me the video and the enormous, enormous explosion that took place in the port um, that was shocking. I mean, you said this, and I've, I've never seen an explosion like that before. And uh, it's heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. And um, we don't know, I don't think right now, what exactly is going on or who has been affected, but definitely need to be praying for the men and women who have been affected so far, and then the people who went in to respond and how they've been affected, and then um, and how things go forward. So that's Absolutely. it is a tragedy, it seems, because it doesn't seem, at least, to have been a terrorist attack from what we know right now. Correct? Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen anything about a terrorist attack. Yes, obviously, yes, definitely. Our our prayers are with the people of Beirut and and are affected. I mean. And it seems that it's going to be quite a few families. Um, I think some of the numbers that I'm seeing right now on my Twitter are relatively few confirmed dead, um, somewhere in the 25 to 30 range. My deepest fear is that we won't really end up knowing the final death count because I don't, as some, as one expert's pointing out right now on Twitter, that you don't, probably won't have a lot of remains to count. Uh, in an explosion like that. And so very terrifying stuff. You know, when you see explosions like that, I I think as an American, you sort of go back to 9-11 and you think about that day. And, you know, you see, I'm seeing similar stories of of firefighters and heroes who were down on the scene before the explosion, trying to help people, save people, put out fires. Um, So your heart just sort of breaks uh, for that. But then you're also, it's very powerful stuff to think about, you know, people who spent the last moments of their life out there trying to, to save people. And, and that's just amazing. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely be following that and, and seeing the different developments that come out of there. I also saw what's, what's interesting is that Israel uh, immediately offered to, for humanitarian aid and, and to send in folks, which is uh, pretty big news considering the fact that I, I think Israel and Lebanon are technically still at war with each other. And so definitely something like this to, to sort of, you know, soften those, those lines of, of political strife against the two countries. Yes. Hopes and prayers for that to take place. For sure. Countries uh, in the coming days. And um, yeah, just that people are uh, hopefully that the numbers don't get too big. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of other stuff going on. We are currently, uh, I guess not currently cause it's, it's now passed, but today was the day where a uh, hurricane or I guess tropical storm. Is it, I say us? How, how do you say it? Yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, was watching a news conference with President Trump. Well, I wasn't watching it with him. I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be clear. 
he was giving a conference and I, I heard him say something about it being a very interesting name, but I don't know how he pronounced it other than that. Uh, it is a unique name, but uh, it's not yeah. Isaiah. It's, 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 I think it's Isaias or something like that. This is, this is the Hagia Sophia. It is. Hagia Sophia oh, man. Part two. We're going to have to look it up later. Trying to figure out pronunciations. Yes, please have grace with us. But this morning, the, that tropical storm came through, I guess, part of last night and this morning. You live in a basement apartment, so I was did – you, did you manage? Are you okay? Yeah, I, uh, I bailed out. I got a bunch of buckets. I have a five-gallon bucket here, <laughs> so I was tossing out water as it came in. Nothing really. It rained this morning, but it, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything crazy. Okay. It's cleared up now and uh, – that's okay. It was kind of nice. I mean, considering COVID when I'm stuck inside all day, it is nice to have a reason to be stuck inside. Like if it's raining or thunderstorming, it's like, oh yeah, it's not just because the world is shut down that I'm sitting inside <laughs> and it's raining. I turned on the news last night and they were saying something like five inches of rain into downtown DC. And I said out loud, because my, my wife and I used to live in a Capitol Hill basement apartment. And I said out loud, I said, oh, I'm so glad we don't live there anymore and we don't know anybody who does. And my wife just goes, doesn't Will live in a basement apartment? And I was like, oh, yeah. How quickly I forgot. Now is as good a time as any to tell you I've always been partial to her and James. That's fair. They are the two better hasslers. We didn't get anything really bad out here this, out this far west. We, were, we were kind of missed most of the, the bad stuff. So it was just kind of a normal rainstorm. So that's good for us. But um, definitely uh, we'll be watching to see kind of the more affected areas. So yeah, those are the kind of two big things going on in the news right now. But I think today we wanted to really sit back and focus uh, on an email that we got um, from a friend and listener of the show, Harry. Harry uh, sent us an email uh, asking us some questions about an episode we did a while back. Uh, I think it was episode 10 uh, about uh, a Christian's response to conspiracies. And he, he had a couple really good questions for us uh, about that episode, some follow-up stuff that we thought, you know, today would be a good day to just kind of take a break from our normal episodes and just respond to them. So I'm just going to read them out loud and then Will and I will kind of tackle them as we go. But I think the first one's sort of a, a more general uh, additional thoughts to what that episode was about and then a really good sort of second specific question. So let's, let's just start with this. Harry said, I think you said in that episode a couple of times that conspiracy is the opposite of the gospel or that conspiracy is antithetical to Christianity, something like that. Uh, I was hoping you could elaborate on that a bit. It sounds right. And I can't seem to articulate for myself why it is. Also, did you mean that conspiracies, as in the plots themselves, are antithetical to the gospel? Or did you mean that engaging in conspiracy theory was at odds with the gospel? So I guess just first off, Will, what were some, as we were reading this email, thinking back to that episode, what were some additional thoughts that you had um, about conspiracy? Yeah, the first one is, is a little uh, maybe meta, but it just an, exp- an appreciation of the question itself because it helps to think through things at like a higher level to be able to realize that so often when we talk about these things, there's going to be stuff that I'm going to forget to say or miss saying just because I've assumed it. And so really glad that he emailed and asked these things. Um, The first thing that came to my mind when I was reading his email was that by conspiracy theories, we're talking more at a macro level as the type of conspiracy theory that seeks to be a totalizing explanation for the world of human interactions Mm -hmm. um, and 
so, uh, social, political, um, economic events that are going on uh, that seeks to totally explain all of those. And I, I think the, one of the other things was that the idea that Christian, uh, for the Christian conspiracy theory thinking in that regard is antithetical, as in diametrically opposed to a healthy Christian imagination. And and that since I was thinking about um, C.S. Lewis has the quote, which we may have mentioned in the episode, that reason is the organ of truth and imagination is the organ of meaning. Hmm. And so by what we imagine, how we think about things is how we apply meaning to them. And oftentimes when you have these totalizing conspiracy theories, and and oftentimes, and I think um, something else is that the conspiracy theories that we were mentioning, QAnon, uh, for example, seeks to it takes scripture and kind of twists it and uses it for its own ends, which is problematic and very troubling that that is done. That that's a, uh, an issue with it. So in a way that they seek to totally explain and, and substitute scripture as a way to, to understand the world that's happening around us. Yeah. There's, there's definitely that element where you see uh, conspiracy theories. Most of them that sort of, I guess you could generally say populate on the right do tend to draw or maybe appropriate some of the more prophetic language or apocalyptic language from scripture to sort of explain events. And I think in that sense, that's related to a point that I, that I made in the episode that, I mean, it wasn't my original point. It, it's something that I, I read in, in a piece from the Gospel Coalition, which, was, which is thinking of the temptation of Adam and Eve as sort of the first conspiracy of Satan or the serpent taking the words of God and manipulating them in such a way as to suggest, you know, a fundamental, fundamentally different reality, right? To, to say, did God really say, you know, and you, you kind of see that with the QAnon stuff. What's, what's kind of crazy is that we did that episode about, that's about what, 10, 11 episodes ago. And at that time, the QAnon conspiracy was sort of the big overarching one that we were addressing. But since then, we've, we've had a whole slew of conspiracies that we've had to sort of navigate and deal with, many of them doing very similar things. I mean, a lot of the conspiracies around COVID-19, face masks, I see some stuff that is very much uh, appropriating scriptural or loosely biblical language uh, to try to explain why masks are bad or, or the precautions to, to uh, limit the exposure to COVID-19 uh, are twisted and, and, and evil. This kind of weird appropriation, and it kind of makes sense because, you know, the Bible does speak in, in cases, you know, in some cases very cryptically and prophetically, and, you know, that's, that can be used in nefarious ways. But I think when we were talking about conspiracy, you, you hit it on, on the head, the sort of overarching meta narrative that is that is explaining all and totalizing all i think is sort of what we were trying to address yeah and i think the other thing that we were addressing that we didn't say i think we we assumed it was that we are talking about conspiracy theories that are most certainly false that are grand and totalizing and that are false and i the reason that's important is because as citizens of a democracy, as humans in general, we ask questions and we do wonder what is the meaning of things. And we kind of give things a smell test and we wonder, does this really make sense? Is there something that I'm missing here? And I think that's one of the hard parts about this conversation is, well, 
what about like outstanding questions that that exist and and uncertainties and is this really what was going on so um that was another part of harry's question was how do we you know we don't want to engage in conspiracy theory that's totally true we don't want to end up with tinfoil hats we don't want to have these crazy theories about what uh, the uss mercy or hope uh, the one that came into new york what that was doing to you know but we also need to be vigilant as we as we think about the world and something else you were talking about corrupted imagination that was that was one of the terms you were doing and i think another harm from conspiracy theory thinking something um in addition to what we've said is that it's not if it's false it's not only basing on false premises but it's also uh an elaborately fabricated alternative narrative that mm. it's working on that bends and warps history because it has to go backwards and what's going on now and which prevents us from being able to accurately and god glorifyingly engage with the world around us right that's that's a really good point and kind of leads me to a question which is by engaging in conspiracy theories that are that do overwhelmingly frame reality in doomsday language and, and outcomes is an element of this that it denies that God is fundamentally good and orchestrating all things to his end. I mean that you're going to kind of sneak in the problem of like evil in that question or in that concern, but do you, is that part of it? You think? How do you mean? So like, as Christians, we believe that we're in the already, not yet. So we're in the period after Christ's ascension, uh, but we await his return. We know that Christ's redeeming work has been accomplished, and it and it's continues to sort of play out uh, in our reality today. So more people are coming to Christ. Things are being uh, redeemed uh, for God's good purposes. And so the overarching arc of history, right, is, is towards redemption accomplished, right? Does that make sense? Or, or maybe finished. I think what uh, we'll use John Murray's language is uh, redemption accomplished and then redemption applied as in God. And yeah, that may work. We've got to get out the theological dictionary to really navigate this conversation. But let, let's, let's, for the sake of this conversation, let's say that if the overarching arc of history as Christians, we believe is towards the kingdom of God descending to the earth, right? So that's a good thing. Is there an element of believing conspiracy theories that fundamentally say everything's going into the doomsday situation that makes it wrong in a sense? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I, N.T. Wright has this fabulous book, Evil and the Justice of God. And what he does is he pushes back against more of the Hegelian view of history, that history is always improving from one step to the next, and it moves in a very linear way of progress and forward. And um, he pushes back on that and says, you know, it's not necessarily true. Things are not always getting better. C.S. Lewis has this wonderful part in that hideous strength where one of his characters says, doesn't it always, the world is always coming to a point, it seems. Mm -hmm. These are the 
bad is always getting worse and the good is always getting better. It just, that seems to be how our lives are. And there's something about God calling us out and into that mm-hmm. to love our neighbor and to care for his creation as it's there. So, yeah, I think the, the tricky part is that there are times when things are getting worse, times when things are getting better. And um, I know what we've talked about, I know this is big is the uh, Christian virtue of prudence and how do we become more prudential in our thinking? There's a great quote that I came across um, that Yuval Levin quotes of uh, Alexis de Tocqueville. And what he says is he says, um, quote, that salutary fear of the future that makes one watchful and combative, uh, not that soft and idle terror that wears hearts down and innervates them. And I think in that is this idea of like, how do we engage? How do we think about, things and it's this watchful combativeness which in our context anytime you use the word combat it's going to be bad unfortunately but this combativeness that seeks to make sure that things are good and right um, which is citizens of a democracy we're we're kind of supposed to be doing um so yeah and how do we balance that how do we make sure that what we're looking for is is that tocquevillian idea and not a paranoid fearful one yeah it really shuts you down because the thing about conspiracy theories is in some ways they're almost comforting and is that you can't do anything about them like they're beyond your power they're too big for you to fight it's the unless you're the guy who went into the pizza hut or the pizzas yeah. Yeah. yeah and that goes back to your comment about truth like with that with that um conspiracy right where the guy went in to comment ping pong and looked for the the den uh, where the children were being held. Came out, you know, realized it didn't exist. Came out, put it, you know, and surrendered himself to the authorities. At the same time, that that conspiracy continues on to this day, where a bunch of people still believe in in the the conspiracy. And so, there's sort of a, a fundamental denial of of reality there that I think is really dangerous uh, for people for all people, but for Christians in particular. But this sort, of, this sort of goes into the second question. We've sort of been dancing around it, but just to sort of state it out loud. And, and Harry's second question is, where is the threshold between a healthy suspicion of power without transparency and loony conspiratorial thinking that flies in the face of a faithful Christian approach? In other words, isn't it true that engaging in conspiracy theory is only nutty or unproductive if the conspiracies are false? And we know that conspiracies are alive and well and have seen them unveiled throughout history. And at the same time, it's obvious that many embrace conspiracy theory as a full-time gig and lose sight of the truth during that pursuit. It is easy to see how Christians can lose sight of the gospel and on God's kingdom by immersing themselves in what becomes a fantasy world of secretive plots, one world governments, Orwellian prophecies, sacrifices to aliens, etc. I mean, sacrifices to aliens. That's a new one. I think Harry's email itself is entertaining enough to read. I think we could just... No kidding. I, I, I love it. But at the same time, any understanding of human depravity or man's pro- proclivity to abuse power should probably inform a general suspicion of possible conspiracy. No, I like that. No, he's a trained lawyer, so we gotta we gotta remember that. That's I, that's fair. I'm kind of picturing a lawyer as I read this. It's very good. I guess I'd just like to hear more about uh, when engaging in conspiracy becomes anti-Christian as opposed to being healthy suspicion on the part of savvy citizens. Yeah, that's a really that's a really good question because when I read this, I mean, I'm I'm sort of embarrassed by it, but I want to just say it because I trust our audience and I trust you, and I I 
think it's probably at the top of most people's minds when they when they hear this question is the Epstein conspiracy. Like, is that is that simply engaging with with conspiratorial thinking, or is that me being a healthily skeptical citizen? And I think that that conspiracy in particular right now in our culture is one that I think is sort of a perfect case study in this question. What, I mean, what are your thoughts? I think that's the Epstein one is different and that is a, it is a smaller, more localized, and it is by definition a conspiracy theory in that uh, if Jeffrey Epstein was murdered, then it was a conspiracy between multiple parties to make sure that he could be executed. And it's a theory in that we cannot prove it that it actually happened. So it, it meets those two create in a very literal sense. And I think it's also different from other conspiracy theories that like the bigger QAnon ones in so much as it's very limited in what happened. And there are a lot of very smart, really well-informed people, much smarter, much more well-informed than I am who are convinced that he was murdered. Yeah. And they're not, they're not getting their news from a, a subreddit or from, you know, uh, Infowars. Like they're getting it from very well-documented places. Yeah, I, I think you hinted at something that's important about conspiracy theories as well, which is scope. We're talking about scope here as well. So like there is a conversation about the Epstein conspiracy when you talk to people about it, where it, you can see it exploding, right? There's this whole network of world leaders who are all engaged in this activity. Jeffrey Epstein was just one of many. And then this, this cabal of world leaders killed him in order to prevent this information from getting out that's a portion of the conspiracy or that's a, that's an outgrowth of conspiracy that I'm not, I can't sort of engage there. I I can't get there. I can't engage myself with that. But the the, the very simple sort of like, let's very, like you said, like sort of limit the scope very much one momentary thing happened in this very localized area, you know, with a small group of people. Can you see that happening? And I think what you're talking about, about not being able to verify it, the amount of public attention that gets it and the amount of public intellectuals who are willing to comment on it and, and engage with it, I think also has says something about the conspiracy theory in general. And I also think it doesn't, it doesn't deny fundamental realities of, of humanity in, in the case of like thinking that, okay, here's a really wicked thing that was going on that we, can, we have document proof, right, in court cases of this, this horrible activity going on. Is it within the realm of human depravity, to use Harry's words, that people could do that and then people would, would go to the abuse of power and the, and the abuse to, to cover it up? Yes, I, I can get there. Because I think that that's, that's not denying anything that I believe about humans in general. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, and, I, and with that also is there's oftentimes this, could we call a naivete to say, look, that would never happen. People would, would never do this kind of thing. And it, a Calvinistic doctrine of depravity, like not utterly depraved, but totally depraved. And do we believe that humans are wicked? Um, and it doesn't leave us jaded, but in some ways it leaves us unsurprised when, when certain things happen. Um, but I keep, I keep coming back to that Tocqueville quote with an honest and combative vigilance that seeks to scrutinize and question things and requires a lot of work. I, and the last thing I wanted to say, which I think is a, is a good build off from that 
which is that, you know, what can I do with this conspiracy or this conspiratorial thinking, I guess, in a way, can it be productive and have good ends or does it have to be, does it have to have negative ends? And so like, when I'm talking about like, when I'm talking about the QAnon conspiracy or the COVID-19 conspiracy theories, right? Like, okay, that means we, we, we believe it's all fake and therefore we don't do any of the social distancing measures or wear masks or do anything like that. It's like, mm, that's really bad, right? But like with the, the Epstein case, I can, even, I can even say, look, I don't really know what happened. Um, I'd be unsurprised if, uh, if it came out and the conspiracy was totally true if they were able to prove that it demonstrably proved that it wasn't true, that's fine too. But I think no matter what the conspiracy leads to some really productive measures that I think we can all be on board, no matter what your stance, which is that, you know, we need to be very diligent when we have cases like this to make sure that justice is served and served well, right? That we can recognize that justice was denied and that was really bad. Um, we can recognize that, uh, high profile prisons that don't have the staffing to account for these kind of things. Maybe we need to re-examine that. How are these places being staffed? How can we better staff them? How can we, because the end result, no matter what, was that a large portion of justice was not served, which is, which is bad for everybody, especially for the victims. And so um, I think not to mention all of the, the longstanding effects of, you know, distrust in institutions and our political leaders and all these things that, that have really negative effects on society. I think we can look at the conspiracy and say, okay, well, what are some of the productive things that we can do, even if it's not true, to make sure that things like this don't happen in the future? And I, that seems to me a difference between sort of conspiratorial thinking that is in the more sinful camp and then the conspiratorial thinking that's more of the, well, I'm being a skeptical citizen. I don't know, but maybe I'm totally wrong. I don't know. No, I, I think what goes behind this and what is so important is are we still holding faithful to, uh, well, I mean, the, the Apostles' Creed and to issues of Christian doctrine, the image of God, the depravity of man, um, the sovereignty of God, and issues such as that? Does this thinking fit within that framework? Uh, and a lot of times it doesn't. A lot of times it doesn't. There, are, Again, there's the vigilance question, but most conspiratorial thinking doesn't allow us to hold that. Um, and again, just to, you know, for us, we're assuming that it's false and that's the danger of it is unverifiable, um, contrary to all the evidence, uh, destructive, like Harry's phrase, full-time gig thinking. Yeah. That, that, that's the kind that, that I think you and I see as most problematic. Yeah. I asked my question, I asked this question to my wife actually um, on, for a light dinner combo uh, when we got the email. Sounds right. Just asking her, like, what, what were her thoughts? And she had a point that I thought was really good, which is that when we make the conspiracy, when we put, when we put it on the throne in our hearts, when we make it an idol, and we, we make it the lens through which we interpret everything. Yeah. Well, that's, that's all I have for um, mailbag response here on this. Yeah. But I'm glad that we had a chance to come back to it. And uh, it's helped me try to clarify my thinking, sharpen it's, it's, it's good. This was really fun. I'm, I'm really excited that we got some questions and um, glad we got a chance to respond to them. I think, you know, this is something we'd love to do more of in the future. So for any listeners out there, if you thought we very uh, inadequately answered a question that we tried to 
address on one of our shows, please send that us. Can't be, that, that, they must, can't that's, be that that's conspiratorial thinking. <laughs> but if you can think of anything, you know, send us up, send us in an email or DM us on Twitter. Uh, that'd probably be the best way to do it. We would slide love the DMs. Yes. Yeah, slide into our DMs. We would love to uh, address some more questions on, on air and, and hopefully give some more uh, opportunity from feedback for listeners and, and just a chance to refine our thinking about these things. With that, this was a great episode. Uh, a lot of fun. Harry, thank you again for your email. Uh, we look forward to more conversations with you. As always, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Will at Stockdale Will. I'm at R.D. Hassler. We are Ministry Associates with Ministry State. Check out www.ministryofstate.org. Learn more about ministry and how you get